two words. Two words that can completely change your life. Two words that can bring a lot of joy and a lot of excitement, like, I do, I do, I love you forever, I will. By God's grace, I do. Or maybe the next step in the process, we're pregnant. Now this is not me announcing this to you here, okay? We're not pregnant, don't freak out. <laughs> not quite yet, not quite yet. I'm still a little too young for that right now. But we're pregnant. I mean, this is life altering, right? No longer is it just you and your spouse or you and your partner, but like now you're gonna be parents. Completely different. Or two words like graduation day. Man, oh man, do we look forward to that day. Jamil and I, it's coming very soon, soon and very soon. We have toiled long and hard. And maybe you're in that process with us, but graduation day, maybe you'll be the first in your family to get a master's. You'll be in a place where you never thought that God would ever call you to be. Graduation day. But what if the two words come in like a train, hitting you from the side and completely wrecking your life in a way that maybe isn't as positive? Two words like, it's cancer, or she overdosed, or it's suicide or a divorce, or he left, or she left, or we're moving. All of us at some point have experienced difficulties in our life. Now, some of these difficulties God allows. We see that right in the biblical narrative. Examples like Mary and Martha, where Jesus holds off in coming and visiting. He's allowing something to happen. The effects of sin in our life, in all of our lives, we see that, where God allows things to happen. But there are also times in the Bible, times that we have to sit and wrestle with, where we don't see God allowing destruction, but in fact, he's orchestrating destruction. Well, what do we do with a God who is a destroyer sometimes? Let's wrestle with that together, right? Let's come together and let's see what the word has to say to us. Micah 6. Whether you have your physical Bible or your virtual Bible, come with us there. Virtual Bible? Electronic Bible? See, that's what happens when you're in COVID yeah. pandemic for too long. The Bible on Zoom. <laughs> right. The okay. Zoom Bible. So, <laughs> Micah 6, let's go there. I'm going to go straight to the towards the end, right? We're going to work backwards. He says in verse 13, the Lord of hosts is speaking. Therefore, he says, I strike you with a grievous blow make you desolate because of your sins. You shall eat and not be satisfied. There shall be hunger within you. You shall put away, but not preserve. You shall sow, but not reap. He continues on. Let's jump down to verse 16. At the end, it says, I may make you a desolation and your inhabitants a hissing. So you shall bear the scorn of my people. What do we do with a God? who says, I'm going to deliberately make you desolate. I am choosing to do this to you. And this is not, I mean, Micah is not the only account of this. You see this time and time again where God says, I will come in, the day of the Lord is coming, la da 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 The background of Micah here is that he is a prophet in the time where Israel is continually unfaithful. Despite the fact that God has come in, he has repeated his covenant blessing, he has said time and time again, he has provided rescue for his people from captivity, yet still they turn their back to him. And so he is using Micah now to speak to his people again, to say, I will do these things to you. I will be a destroyer. What is there to learn from this? Holy Spirit, what can you teach us about God's character? 
the first thing that jumps out to me is that God, he must remove things in our life so that our relationship with him can deepen. Especially if we've given him permission. God, I dedicate my life to you. I want to live by your will. He says, okay, well then, if that's the case, let me take this, let me do that. It's going to hurt a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable. But here's the thing is that God must, he has to remove things in our life so that our relationship with him can deepen. Yeah, and this can be kind of hard to wrestle with um, in our minds because, you know, we see Jesus in the New Testament and he's saying things like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness so that for they shall be satisfied. But then we just read this text and like, yeah, like no matter what you do, you're not going to be satisfied. <laughs> like, well, I'm well, well. all of that stuff. And it's like, man, like, how is this the same person? Mm-hmm. But what Vanessa was just saying, sometimes to deepen that relationship, God has to remove things. Yeah. So let's look at a text that some people would argue that that doesn't make any sense. It sounds like two different people. You know, one is hunger and thirst and you shall be satisfied. And the other one's like, yeah, it doesn't matter what you're going to do. You're not going to be satisfied. Like where, where's, where can I find yeah. the truth yeah. in that statement? So let's read it again. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. When I was wrestling with this verse, I was trying to think, like, why would God use those kinds of words, right? Like, you could just say, like, blessed are those who seek after God, right? But, like, why hunger and thirst for righteousness? Because eating and drinking is a daily thing. That's right. It's a daily thing. It doesn't matter if you have a great meal on Monday. If Wednesday comes around, you're not going to be like, man, like, I would eat, but I'm still full for Monday. So, you know, I'm good. I'm okay. Nope. You're, that's not, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. When Wednesday comes around, you're going to turn into a monster. You're going to be ready to eat again. Like, because eating and drinking is a daily thing. So what Jesus is saying is, listen, like this hunger and this thirst that you have for me has to be a daily thing. It can't be event-based. You can't just be looking forward to the next GC, right? Or the next prayer conference or the next camp meeting. Like that, that's not, that's not what I want for you. I want this to be a daily Thing. However, what's the connection between this and in Micah? That doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, they're going to do all this stuff, but they're still not going to be satisfied. In order to have a hunger for God, something has to happen, right? Yeah. So when you are hungry okay. for food, right? Like, like, right when, like right now. Yeah, like when, when you're hungry, when you're hungry, what does that normally mean? It means I haven't eaten in a while. You haven't eaten in a while. Right. So like your stomach is empty, you would say? Yeah. Okay. What if you're not hungry? That means I ate. I ate really good. <laughs> okay, what, what would you call that? What I'm is full. it called? You're full, I'm right? Full. I'm full. A lot of us struggle trying to understand why we don't have this hunger and this thirst for God, right? Right. But we understand it when I ask a simple question like that. Like, I'm not hungry because I'm full, Jamil. Like, I just ate like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. I'm full. Yeah. So what is God trying to do during these breaking seasons, right? During these destruction seasons? You're hungry naturally when it comes to food because you're empty. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that hunger, that means you're full of something. Mercy. Mm. You're full of something. Mm-hmm. There is something that is replacing what God wants to put inside of you, right? Yeah. So Vanessa, again, mentioned there are times when God has to remove things so that our relationship with him can deepen. Mm-hmm. And it's in that season when God removes things because then when those things are removed then we realize Dang, like, my stomach is empty. Now that I'm empty, now that I'm not full of everything that I've wanted for myself, mm-hmm. now I actually know what I need. Yes. And I need God. Mm-hmm. But that only comes from things being taken away. Yeah. 
you know, from things being removed. Yeah, we, have, we go through these difficult seasons sometimes and we're asking like, God, what is going on? But here's the truth right here. Are you ready for this? God doesn't destroy us, but you better believe that he destroys our idols. You better believe that he's going to destroy our idols. When we give him permission and we say, God, like, I just right now, like, whether it's I'm going through a really difficult time, like what's going on? He's going to point out, well, hey, these are the things I'm taking. Or, hey, God, like, I really want to re rekindle my relationship. I've just been really complacent. I feel like right now, like, my walk with you is just very, uh, like, I haven't really felt that kindling. Okay. Well, guess what? God is not going to destroy you. He's not coming after you as an individual. He loves you, but he hates your idols. And he's going to destroy those idols like this. And that is what he's doing with the Israelites. You see the Israelites in the things that they're putting their trust in, they're giving their, their, their sacrifices over to idols that will help them, their crops to grow and for them to be plentiful and wealthy. They're trying to be and copy these other nations around them with this fameness of wealth. And God says, you know what? You're gonna, you're gonna plant and you're not gonna reap. You're gonna eat and you're gonna not be satisfied. Why? Because these are idols and they're meant to let you down. But me, I will come in. And I'm going to do, I'm going to do a work here because you are my people and I am your God. How can I leave you? How can I forsake you? Oh, Ephraim, my heart turns within me. This is the same God who is coming after the Israelites. About six months ago? Yeah. About six months ago, I prayed a prayer um, <laughs> that I never prayed before, actually. I said, God, break me. <laughs> Y'all, he told me that and I said, are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure you want to pray this prayer? I said, God, break me. And people can hear that and be like, yo, this dude's crazy. Like, he lost his mind. But really, I wanted God to break me in order to make me whole again. Yes. So I wanted him to break me. I wanted him to break the things that I had built in my life and that I had created like, as idols. I wanted him to break those things and rebuild what he wanted for my life. So I just asked, like, God, like, during the season, we just moved to Miami. Everything's new. Like, might as well <laughs> break me during the process, right? Mercy, mercy. So I pray, like, God, break me. He answered my prayer. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, in gigantic ways. Like, gigantic ways. I mean, I for those of you who don't know, um, I do personal training and nutrition coaching um, full-time. So there was some time during that process when I had to move here. Um, I had new prices. Things changed. It was a new season. So it went from having, like, 16 to 18 clients to two and had to build from there. Mm -hmm. um, that was a part of the breaking season. Cause again, it's like, wow, like I had so many, but like now what, mm -hmm. you know, like now what, like, am, am I a failure now? Like mm -hmm. where, where am I now? There was a night when I just could not sleep because I needed to tell Vanessa something about my past that I hadn't told her before. And I was afraid of how she would view me if she knew that because I loved the perception she had of me more than I loved her. Um, and God had to make me aware of that. Like, listen, like, you don't want to tell her because you love the perception that she has of you more. So what are you going to do? Are you going to love her more than you love the perception that she has of you? I was like, wow, this is, this is tough, man. Like, I asked to be broken, but dude, come on. Like, <laughs> come on, like baby like, steps. Let's take a different area. Yeah, baby you know? steps. Like, break my love for chocolate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you know, break my, you know, break my fat. I don't know. I don't know where you're like, <laughs> Do, yeah, do do something like that. For summer, like. Yeah, like I'm not I don't want the serious stuff. So that happened. Then there was a time when God 
physically, I, now this was the most frustrating one of all of them. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest with you guys. So this was the most frustrating one of all of them. I was at a week of prayer and God physically broke me. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm at a gymnastics practice. I land on my feet. Everything's fine. And I walk off and I'm like, man, like my ankle feels a little weird, but it's all good. We drive to the hotel. I'm about to step out of the car and I can't walk. Oh, you can't. Can't walk. I said, you good, son? He said, well, I, I can't move. <laughs> so the next day after I had just shared my testimony with the students in the school about gymnastics and how God called me out of gymnastics and showed me that my identity was supposed to be in him and not in what I did in gymnastics. The next day, guys, I have to hop up on stage like a veggie tail <laughs> because I can't walk. Like, what I, I was so frustrated. Like, this is unnecessary. Like, it's one thing to come, you know, after my secrets. You know, it's one thing to come after my confidence. But now I physically can't walk. Like, what what is going on? Mm -hmm. But in this breaking, God was rebuilding. Yes. Yeah. In the breaking, he was rebuilding. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was actually able to look at everything that happened where I was like, man, like, I'm so grateful for the breaking season. That is not something I thought you would say. I would mm -hmm. ever say. Mm -hmm. But I am. Mm -hmm. Cuz here's the thing about God. This is this is this is the key. Like if you're going to walk away from anything, right here it is. It's, this is it right here. Take away. God only destroys what he intends to rebuild. Say again, please. For the, God for the person in the back who didn't hear. Only destroys what he intends to rebuild. Now, he may not rebuild that same thing, right? Like we talked about, he doesn't destroy us. He destroys our idols. So he doesn't want to rebuild the idol. But God only destroys things in our lives, allows things to com fall, completely fall apart, allow for us to lose control and get to this place where we're like, "What? I have to come to God because I don't know what is going on right now. In that time, God will rebuild. You see it time and time and time again in the Bible, especially in the minor prophets. God is saying, I'm going to destroy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bring... Da, 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 I'm going to bring other uh, countries and nations to come in and, and destroy you, the wrath of God, blah, all so that he can rebuild his people. Every single time, God only destroys what he intends to be to rebuild. Because we have to remember who is the one, who the one, the person that is doing the destroying, who is doing the destroying. It is not the enemy that crawls and roams around the earth like a roaring, roaring lion, seeking who he can kill and destroy. That's not God, right? We know that everything that the enemy has planned for us is for complete and utter destruction, right? To tear us down and to kill us, honestly, but not with God. We have to remember who is the one doing this destruction. He's not the enemy. He's love. And it's, it's powerful because when you're able to start seeing love through the breaking season, Completely changes, yeah. Completely changes everything. Because it's not necessarily punishment. And yeah, like, stay there. Feel bad about what you did. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't show your face. You don't deserve love. That's, that's not what the breaking season is about. But in the breaking season, we're able to experience God's love in a new way. In, in, in a potent way. Wow, wow. Mm -hmm. And you see God's character... In the breaking, like Vanessa said, that's the difference. There's there's one thing when you look at 
an enemy who seeks to kill and destroy. But then there's one thing where you can look at the breaking season. You can look at the things that God's destroying around us. But remembering his character and claiming the promises that God has in his word, then you know, man, like, this is because God has my best interest in mind, actually. This isn't because it's going to be the end of me. Right. But this is because after this season, I'm going to be stronger than I was entering. Right. Right, it's a new me, exactly. So we read verses 13 through 16 before. Yeah. You know, you can summarize that a little bit of, you know, God is saying, you're not going to be satisfied, right? Like, yeah, I'm gonna, bringing on this destruction. Yeah, I'm going I'm to hit you with like a, with a grievous blow. That's exactly what he said. With a grievous <laughs> blow, like, like you're, you're, you're not going to be satisfied, right? But let's look at what he says beforehand. Because a lot of times, it's just context. It's just about context. We read things, and we can read one thing by itself and say, wow, like, this God does not match the God that I see in the New Testament. However... What, what's in the beginning? So in chapter 6, um, if you guys can turn with me to verse 5 of chapter 6. Verse 5 of chapter 6. Micah 6, verse 5. It says, O my people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him. And what happened from Shittim to Gilgal? that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. So again, I'm not gonna pretend that everyone knows like these stories, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain it. Right. But this is what God is saying before he gets to the part that we started the sermon. That's right. This is what he's saying beforehand. So again, let's think about it. Let's think about God's character. Why would he say this right here? Why, why would he talk about this? Oh, my people, remember what Balaam, king of Moab, devised and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him. So there's a story of this king Balak, right? And he sent this prophet Balaam to go and curse the Israelites, basically. So listen, like, these people, they're doing too much. Sing and tired of them. Go curse them. Hopefully something bad happens to them. So Balaam goes and he tries to curse the people of Israel. However, <laughs> God intervenes. Yeah, it's such a dope story, man. And instead of cursing God's people, he blesses them. Yeah, he There's so many things that, that, that we, just have to, we just have to unpack, right? So there's one thing for God to just prevent that, yeah. right? Like God could have just prevented Balaam from going. Yep, shut his mouth and said, don't say nothing. But he goes to the, to the extreme, right? Like he's so lavish in his love and his, in his emotion yeah. for us mm-hmm. that what the what Balak sends, right, for evil, like what he sends, like, man, I want you to curse these people. God takes that same prophet and uses that prophet to bless his people mm-hmm. rather than curse them. Yes. There are things that the enemy has sent in your life Oof. Lord. to curse you. Yeah. There are things the enemy has sent in my life to, to curse me, to put me in a position where I feel like I am just worth nothing, right? And it's those same things that God can use to actually bless us. Yes. Like that, that's his character. That's the God we serve. So before we look at what happens, you know, for the rest of the chapter, God is starting with this. Like, remember who I am. Like before this comes, remember who I am. I'm the same God who doesn't curse you, but instead uses that tool that was meant to curse you, I use that to bless you. That's right. Like that's that's the God that you serve. I use that to bless you. Mm-hmm. And it goes on. And what happened to Shaitan, to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. 
So what happened between them? So Shaitan to Gilgal, um, on the final portion of the journey um, that, the Isra that Israel took from the Jordan, it was at Shaitan that the covenant was broken. Yep. Right, the covenant between them and God, like they broke it, right? But at Gilgal, it was renewed. Again, yeah. Again, by God. Yes. So what is God saying in this as well? Okay, I'm the same God. Let's just let's just review what we've said. First of all, I'm the same God that seeks to bless you instead of cursing you, right? I'm the same God who renews covenants that you break. <laughs> the gospel i don't understand i we serve such a wondrous god i just i'm the same god that renews covenants mm -hmm. not that not that i have broken but that you break mm -hmm. that that same god like that that's the god that we serve yeah and that's why we can say with full confidence that god only destroys what he intends to rebuild god's destruction is always an act of redemption it's enact, enacting his justice. It's enacting his love. It's God coming in and saying, you know what? You don't need this as much as you think you do. Or this is holding you back. Or I wish I want to take this from you so that you can grow deeper and you can experience fuller joy, fuller healing, fuller freedom. That is the God that we serve. What he destroys, he rebuilds and he replaces with truth. He takes all of the lies and he puts his truth in instead. He did that with you. Yeah, just some, some examples. So I mentioned, you know, going from 16 to 18 clients to starting with two again and having to build up. God simply saying, listen, like you feel like your clientele is what gives you value, right? Like you have value because your clientele shows you that you're valuable, you're valuable to them in their lives. So that's where your value comes from. It comes from your ability, it comes from what you're doing. That's not true though. Your value comes from my love. So I'm gonna replace, <laughs> I'm gonna replace this idol or this belief that you have that your value comes from what you do and I'm going to replace it by saying your value comes from me. It comes from who you are because you're my son. That's why you have value. Yeah. You're my son. So it's replaced with that. I mentioned, again, with having to share some deep parts of myself that I was afraid to share with Vanessa. Again, God's saying, listen, like, your value, you know, you feel like Vanessa loves you because of the, 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 the perspective, you know, and the picture that you've painted of yourself. But, like, I'm loving you through Vanessa, mm -hmm. right? Like Vanessa's here. Vanessa has unconditional love for you. So I'm replacing this conditional love idea that you have with unconditional love. Like that's, that's what I'm replacing it with. And back to physically, physically being broken. Still haven't gotten over that. I still have not gotten over that. <laughs> that is still a soft spot for me guys. Yeah. Physically being broken. God is replacing that saying, listen, before you thought you had value again, from your ability, from what you could do, from what you could offer people. But do you still believe that you have value when you have to hop on stage like a veggie tail, right? When you can't walk, when you have to rely on people to like get your food for you because you can't walk and get it for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, do you still believe that you're loved? Do you still believe that you have value? Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna replace that dependence on your ability with dependence on me. That's right. Like that's, that's what I'm gonna replace it with. That's right. Cause that's, man, when I tell you that God loves to come in and he loves to break things so that he can rebuild them with truth. I'm speaking straight facts, okay? Like God, he breaks codependency so that we can be dependent on the spirit. 
right? God, he will break addiction cycles and he will replace it with sobriety. God will break cycles of dysfunction in our family, years and generations of dysfunction, and he will make us a new creation. He will break our identity of shame and places it instead in his holy son who makes us righteous. He will break our family's traditions of bottling up emotions or secrets, and he replaces it instead with freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. Our God always breaks in with intention to rebuild. He will never leave us broken, there, desolate. He is with us through the process and he's bringing us through to the other side. Mm -hmm. We have hope in the name of the Lord because he seeks after our good. And everything he does is so that we can become closer and closer to him until kingdom come. So where are you right now in this process? I know after this, we're going to have you guys do uh, an activity that I think is going to be really, really important for you guys. But for now, I want to know who I'm talking to here. Are you in this place in your God? You're saying, God, I need you to teach me about this, this, this destruction season that I'm in right now. What are you destroying so that you can rebuild and replace the truth? Teach me more about your methods. Or God, forgive me for the times that I've placed blame on you where it doesn't belong. And I see now what you're doing. Help me to see. Or you're saying, God, give me faith. Give me faith enough to ask for these things. To say, God, break me so you can make me whole again. Burn me so you can refine me in the fire. Where are you in this process? What do you need God to do for you today? What do you need God to break for you so that you can be set free and that he can rebuild more of himself and his truth in you? This morning we have heard a very powerful message that God may have to destroy something within our life. Yes, this can be a painful process, but praise God, he will not leave a void. He will construct something in beauty and in truth that will last into eternity. He will take those things in our heart that we have built upon sand and restore it built upon the rock. This morning, I invite you to take out a piece of paper, a pen or a pencil, and between you and God, allow the Holy Spirit to touch your heart. Is there something, Lord, between you and me? Write it down on that piece of paper and give it to God. Perhaps there's something that doesn't come to mind immediately. Then look back on your life and praise God for his providence in something that he helped you overcome. Write that down. Then this morning as you go out, claim the promise of 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us, even if it takes a bulldozer, from all unrighteousness. Seminarians, I pray that each of you were blessed. Please have a beautiful week and know that you are in God's hands. You are now dismissed.